0: Armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. After more than three years of Envoy's episodes, we now have nearly 200 different episodes. We recently hit 600,000 downloads, and we're betting that you probably haven't heard all of the great stuff in our archives so we are busting open the archives to share some encore episodes with you this month we hope you enjoy this very special on episode
1: hey jen do you give your kids vitamins
0: You know, I hadn't for the longest time because I couldn't find any vitamins that I liked. So much of it out there, it was like gummy candy.
1: And chemicals and unnatural products and things you can't pronounce. Listeners, I I really encourage you to look at the vitamin labels that you're giving your kids because we know that they can't get all their nutrition through the foods they eat. You said your son's primary food group is popcorn. And we know there's not a lot
0: of nutritional value in popcorn. A lot of fiber, but not so strong on the other essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So we recently
1: connected with Haya Health and we sampled their vitamins. Your
0: kids sampled these chewable vitamins. And my nieces and nephews sampled these vitamins as well. We happened to have them in town. And so I let them try them and they loved them. All
1: right. Because they didn't know this but there
0: is a blend of 12
1: farm fresh fruits and veggies all organic in these vitamins and they don't have the gummy junk and the sugar and the chemicals that are pretty prevalent in most vitamins
0: super prevalent and that's why i really think these vitamins are a good choice if you are looking to boost your son's nutrition, if you're worried about what he might be missing out, eating his diet of popcorn or who knows what else, this is a good option. We have worked out an exclusive offer with Haya Health for these vitamins. This is just for our Envoy's listeners. You can get 50% off, that's half off your first order. So to claim this deal, go to Haya Health slash Envoy's, Or you can just enter the code ONBOYS at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash ONBOYS.
1: Get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. That's H-I-Y-A-L-T-H dot com slash ONBOYS. Remember back before the pandemic? Many of us parented with the notion that if we just did everything right, our kids would be successful, motivated, resilient, down to earth, and we parents could then just ride off into the sunset, happy and healthy and harmonious with the satisfaction of a job well done. Realistic? Maybe not. But then enter the pandemic, schooling and working from home and looking now a whole new school year in the eyes with no relief in sight. And we wonder how can we possibly manage it all? What do we let go of? And are they the right things to let go of? What do we keep? And are they the right things to keep? How do we simply just trust ourselves as parents? Our guest today, Megan Leahy, is the Washington Post's on-parenting expert, a parent coach, and the author of a brand new amazing book entitled Parenting Outside the Lines. Forget the rules, tap into your wisdom, and connect with your child. Welcome, Megan. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We're excited to have you. You know, I have to say the title alone captured my interest because it highlights what we've forgotten as a society, I think, and that is encouraging parents to tap into their wisdom and trust their gut. What prompted you to write a book from this perspective?
2: Hmm. Laziness.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're not going to get away with that because, Megan. I also am a writer, and I know that you cannot lazily write a book, so you can come up with the idea from laziness, but then you do a hit <laughs> ton of hard, agonizing work.
2: Okay. You know what? I uh, Okay. You're right. Full disclosure. So, <laughs> when, I, when I thought about what I wanted to say, um, I say laziness because I didn't want to do any data. I didn't want to- Got it. Studies say, um, and as I say in my book, um, I haven't yet found a parent who's really changed their parenting from studies say. Like I've never told a parent, like, "Well, studies say if you don't yell, your kid will be happier," and they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that. Now I'll stop yelling." Okay, yeah. like,
0: <laughs> oh, if only it were that easy.
2: Right. So, and there's also so many good books out there that are trying to keep up with the data, um, which is yeoman's work. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to write a book about some back to the basic stuff about some really, it's kind of a, like a love letter to the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of parents I've worked with in my coaching and through the Washington post. Um, just the stuff I hear all the time. With um an angle toward connection, so when you look at connection, there is a lot of data around it, but I also think we have a lot of common sense around it if we mm-hmm. allow ourselves to listen to it
1: mm-hmm. but yeah, and if we can deflect all of all of the data, all of the parenting books that we've read and the judgment of our in-laws and our Sisters and you know, other parents out there, and really go inward and trust that wisdom and that you know your child best.
0: You know, what's interesting for me is that so much of the data that is out there can be distilled down to connect with your child.
2: First mm-hmm. primary,
0: we had Michael Reichert yes. on, you know, um, yes. a year or so ago, and his Love beautiful him. his beautiful book about raising boys. It's all about connection, and it's not a uniquely boy thing. Girls certainly need connection too. It's just understanding their specific challenges will help you connect with them, than if you don't have those understandings of the challenges. But connect is the key. And
2: you know, I for a while I used to be a teacher of all boys and yeah i was like obsessed with boys i grew up with a brother i married a guy with two brothers i taught all boys for a number of years i went back as a school counselor for all boys so as i had my own kids i'm like i can't wait to have these boys of course i have three girls because that's (laughs) god's way of um, punishing me but um for my call it humbling
0: humbling yes
2: yes. oh (laughs) uh they're a joy and they teach me i became a parent educator and it was just very strategy heavy. Right. So it was using, um, kind of attachment theory, but really toward the end of using strategies that had a behavioral bent, which I have no problem with, but I couldn't figure out, as I say in the book, why often parents failed, Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. hardworking parents and some parents were successful but the strategy was the same. And they were clearly implementing the strategies, the charts, the marble charts, all that crap, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I met Gordon Neufeld and dove into his work that I understood that the strategies are neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. There are, um, one could work, one couldn't. One might be the answer, one may not. But if the underpinning of a compassionate, boundaried connection isn't there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that's such an unsexy message, right? Because parents are like, but, 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 there's got to be. And I'm like, I. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: what I really, I, I got from your book is that pretty much everything is okay. All the you know attachment parenting love and logic da 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 all that name all the big the big neon signs of the things and right. they're they're out there they're fine whatever resonates with you and bottom line you still have to connect with your child and in that is connecting with yourself and so I'm really curious your thoughts on how far we have gotten away from being able to listen to and trust ourselves and how we get back to that place of listening to and trusting ourselves. You call it a path back to your heart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, You know, we're far away. Mm -hmm. We're not as far as we think, though. You know, the good thing about American culture is how independent we are. And the bad thing about American culture is how independent we are. The suburban, pull your car into the garage and shut the door and live in your house. Stay smaller. Safer. um, Safer. Air quotes. Um, There's not a lot of vulnerability. And so what springs up is we, we don't, well, we don't have what we used to have with all that just like meeting on the streets with your neighbors your aunties your grandma your sister your and be like hey my my son's a wreck and they'll be like oh, totally yep that's how it is right
0: that's where we, that and that's why we, we spend so much of our it. time saying to people it's normal it's normal like you talk to other parents other families of boys other teachers of voice they're saying the same things but you're right because we are not in constant connection we don't necessarily see that. So we, because of how we're wired, we assume we are the problem. Our boy is the problem.
2: Absolutely. And there's so much posturing among parents. And so I'm actually in the unique position of both being the problem and being the solution. <laughs> when, when people c- call me, it's because they're not listening to themselves. And people like me encourage listening to someone else. Right? Yeah, right. So my work ends up being well, what do you think that means? Well, why do you think it got like that? Well, what, mm-hmm. right, like constantly asking questions. And they'll be like, I don't know. And I'll be like, huh, me neither. Yeah. Right. And let's like sit with that because there's also this misunderstanding in parenting that we should know. Yes. Mm-hmm. That if we're suffering, we're doing it wrong. That if we're confused, you know, I talk in my book about, you know, if you haven't stood outside your kid's door and been like, I don't know what the F to do. I'm just standing here. If I go in, I'll destroy my relationship. If I stand here, I'm losing ground. If if you haven't had that moment, it's coming or you're not parenting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. doing good. So- Listeners, because- you, can't, you can't see Janet and I, we are both just <laughs> nodding our heads right now because I've been outside that door more than once. And Janet has heard me say so many times, you know, it's easy for me to be on the podcast and, and talk about things and know what to do. And then I have to go interact with my actual real human children mm-hmm. as my human self. And it suddenly gets a whole lot more complicated. Yeah.
1: And I've stood outside that door and I've also taken that door off of the bedroom.
2: <laughs> and, and that's the thing, right? Because we want to, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons culturally and um, countrywide, everything, psychologically, the changes in our country, both good, bad, and indifferent. But we, we are obsessed with getting it right, we're obsessed mm-hmm. with knowing. We don't want the discomfort. So connecting with yourself means getting comfortable with a lot of discomfort. Mm -hmm. And some kids bring that out more in us than others. Um, you know, everyone wants to say, we like to swing into polarities, right? Like I have an easy kid or I have a horrible childhood. I can't parent anyone or, um, my kids has needs and so I can't do it. And we just mm-hmm.
1: swing. Yeah.
2: And we're always looking like, oh, how come they can do it? And it's just a mishmash. Yeah. Like the idea of just it all, the, just the humanity of it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Let
0: me ask you a question that, you know, getting comfortable with a lot of discomfort is crucial to parenting, uh, to life. And I'm wondering if, In your opinion and you're thinking it's something that we are all having to practice a lot right now with living through the pandemic right like we have had to live with discomfort and the not knowing and not knowing what's right for many many months now it may go on who knows how long do you think that there is some it's hard to say upside right but do you think that this experience may help some of us as parents as humans kind of learn to tolerate and live in that discomfort
2: yeah but you got to choose it Mm. you got to choose it so we will look out into the world and be like that person's making sourdough and i'm slipping into an anxiety spiral they're better i'm crap and i never want to sell that mental health is a choice Um, i'm on all kinds of medications. I could probably be on more, but um, it is still a choice to decide to learn.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's still a choice to say, okay, well, this is a garbage fire, and instead of and. but, and what if I learned about my child here? What if I learned about myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was reading Simplicity Parenting mm-hmm. again, Kim John Pain. Mm-hmm. Yes. So somebody came and said, you know, things are going really well. And I said, you shouldn't be ashamed. And I think a lot of us are finding a true rhythm in our lives that we lost, I don't know, decades ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You could take it back to the light bulb. Who knows, right? right. There is a rhythm, if we allow it, yeah. of sleep of eating, of play, of work, that we have through artificiality and, and, and both good and bad things wiped out. So yeah, I do think there is room for parents to look at their kids and go, huh, so here's how we kind of roll with our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have it. had some parents say, you know, wow, I'm, I'm seeing my kids so differently now, spending so much time with them. And getting to know them in a different way than just the few hours in the morning or in the evening when they're off at school all day, that they've had an opportunity
2: to really see their kids for who they truly are. I just wrote a column because I'm thinking of a boy example, especially for you guys. Somebody wrote in and said, my boy loves soccer. He's on the rec team. He isn't on the best
0: team. Mm
2: -hmm. And he plays and He loves to practice and he plays with his friends and they just canceled the season. They're doing a skills group, but he doesn't want to do it. What should I do? Right. And it's funny because I know if I were coaching her and I'd say, what do you think you should do? Mm -hmm. We would come to the conclusion that I was pretty much like it's time for some bribery. Here is a boy who has shown you Mm -hmm. he loves to move in soccer with his friends. It's an object in motion stays in motion, and an object not in motion tends to stop. Yep. And we're watching our teens and our boys just crawl to a dead stop. Mm-hmm.
0: And many of us. Let's be honest. I went through that definitely at a point. I'm getting better. I'm trying to pull myself out of it. But it's so hard. That object that stopped takes a lot of momentum. And guys, we're yeah. talking physics now here. That's Legitimate right physics
2: get that rolling again it's hard work and it's amazing because pre-pandemic i would have been like well let's look at your schedules this really needed let's give him yeah. a choice La, na, na, na. now i'm like what can you buy him
1: yeah <laughs> he needs to move how right. are you gonna make him move how yeah. can
2: you take him for something to eat after every skill thing because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. teen boys and movement with dopamine and cortisol and sleep and
1: you
0: all know, of it. Yeah. You I, okay. I want to stay with that one for just a second though, because I'll be honest, I heard the question mm-hmm. and my reaction was different than yours. Yeah. Your point makes perfect sense. And I don't think it's a bad idea. I think I'm like, Hmm, yeah, that's pretty smart. Um, my first reaction would be to let him, not do the skills thing because maybe maybe the skills like maybe what he really thrives on is the competition and take out the competition and it's just not the same and maybe in taking a break from it he would discover something else about himself that he wouldn't have had a chance to discover otherwise yep and I'm correct me if if I'm wrong but I'm wondering like we might be back to the beginning like in the end does it really make a difference? As long as you keep those lines of communication and connection open with your son. That's right. This episode is sponsored
1: by By Heart. Babies need
0: to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days
1: that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten Easy Melt Vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin and I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve and I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin.
0: And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin down. Yeah,
1: no, and they taste good and they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants not chemicals.
0: Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot easymelts. E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys.
2: And in the column, I essentially say, sit down with him and say, the evidence shows you love this.
0: Yes. You've always
2: loved this. Yes. This is a thing you do. Right. And daddy and I or mommy or whoever, caretaker A, has never forced you.
0: Mm-hmm. This is the evidence. I can just imagine saying caretaker A has, has right. observed that. <laughs> <laughs> say, and then I would say to
2: the kid, that this is canceled sucks. Yep. It's just another part of pandemic nuttiness. Yeah. And I get you don't want to do the skills thing because that sucks. That's not a game, but let's give it a shot. If it sucks, we'll quit but yeah. I'll take you for a slice. I'll take you through McDonald's. We'll go get a milkshake. Let's just give it a try because mm-hmm. the evidence shows you like this. Yeah. I like
0: that. I like yeah. that a lot.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, again, are we going to put the relate to your point, right? Are we going to put the relationship on the line? No, but if you don't go, I take away the Xbox. you don't get to ride your to no, 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 no. In pandemic times, Movement is so important. Mental health for yeah. these boys is so important. I am
1: like, what can we do? And I think part of what you're saying too, Megan, is this place of we serve as our children's witness their observer, their their outside conscience, if you will, of just of, of saying, I see you really like this. How can we keep it going in a way that's still fun? And it may not be the skill classes, but you do need to move your body, and that is a non negotiable because that is exercise and mental health. So what are the alternatives? Oh, well, guess what? There's no alternatives. And I still love soccer and I still want to do that. So, okay, let's try the skills right. class. Yeah. And you'll be in shape for when we open up and have soccer again.
2: And as a parent, I have a 10 year old, a 13 year old and a 16 year old, you know, I'm like, I'll pick up all the kids, you know, safely. You know, yeah, sure. up, or, you know, I'll gather up all the kids. I'll feed them all. I'll bring all the flaming hot Cheetos. I will, right, like, I start doing things that pre-pandemic, I may have said, don't baby them, don't make it so easy, yeah, don't set them up. The kids need us. I mean, I just love that you use witness to both witness what you've seen to kind of move them forward and then to, like, make it easier.
1: Yeah.
0: Because everything's been taken away.
1: Yeah. Everything's hard. Yeah.
0: I really appreciate you making that point and acknowledging it's, you know, straight up. Like this pandemic has changed things for everybody. And so, yes, you can change up your parenting and do things that you would not normally have done because your kids need more from you in some ways and I don't I don't mean that more to to be like overwhelming added onto the list it's just you can't have the same expectations of your 10 year old you know six months into a pandemic that you would have had if none of this had happened
2: not every American parent but well-meaning parents will try to grow resilience and independence without deep kindness Hmm. Mm hmm And it's it was said to me like this in the Newfield Institute. It's like if I'm with my husband and his groceries, he is holding groceries and he drops his car keys and he looks at me, and I say, "Well, technically, you can get them those them yourself, so I won't." See, yeah, hmm, wow. not kind. So yeah. technically, my kids can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Technically, but the kind thing is for me to get my butt up and make these meals. Mm -hmm. They can make their own breakfast, but how loving is it that I make a quick yogurt parfait? Mm -hmm. And they're like, thanks, mom. They can do all these things, but um, adding a little bit of love in whatever form your children need it in and kindness doesn't spoil.
0: it role models how to love others, how to show compassion to others, and whether or not they can make those connections right now at the age of, you know, five, six, eight, sixteen, 16, they won't. Right. Right. But it's in their brain. It is in their brain as an example that they have seen experienced and lived, and it will be there when they're 40. Um, this
1: reminds me of a conversation Jen and I were having about, son is in the, you know, playing video games and it's time to come to dinner. And he's saying, I want to finish, let me finish this game. Let me finish this level. And you're, you know, you've got, you're dug in. It's like, no, it's time to come and eat dinner. And, and Jen was saying, you know, just put it on the back burner for a little bit, let him finish his game and then have dinner that it's not, we get, we get stuck into this is how things should be. This is, it has to be this way. And what I love, love, love about your book, Megan, is that you are giving permission to, you know what? Sometimes you're going to give them the candy. Sometimes you're going to delay the meal. And it is absolutely fine.
2: Who holds the power in the family is kind of what dictates and i have a couple of chapters that highlight this but who holds the power is what dictates how problematic often things will become right especially for the little kids power is a scary word in the parenting world it is um considered very masculine very toxic very you know ceo feeling but in the way i see it is if the parent has the power and the spaghetti's ready but the parent says I've chosen for you to finish this game with your friend. I've, I've chosen to give you 10 minutes. You still have the power. You've stopped the struggle and you've made room for your child to do that. Yeah. Right. If you choose to celebrate the end of the week, like I am tonight with um, Sundays, right? We're making Sunday bar, Right. Um, it's been a garbage fire week okay yes. it has not been like but we got through it right? yeah first yeah. week of digital learning and I'm like here we go that's my choice mm-hmm. it's my choice if we decide to eat pizza and watch star wars mm-hmm. so if you choose that that creates a feeling of safety and security and who and it sets up who's in charge and then when you say no we're gonna eat dinner or no the video game's off you're still in your power Mm -hmm. the problem becomes when our kids talk us out of our power we ask them what they want we give fake options we give fake choices well you know do you want five minutes do you want blah blah blah? all this back and forth that we call positive parenting but it's just weak. And then we expect the kids to be like, I'm sorry, I've taken so much power. Let me give it back. Which an immature person never will. Right. They'll never be like, wow, I've gone too far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, if any of your children have ever done that, email us immediately (laughs) and let us know and we will let Megan know and you might Uh, win an award. Yeah, then I quit. And
2: Then they can write the column, (laughs) right? But, you know, back to kind Mm -hmm. of your point, parents are obsessed with finding a way, the way. Yes. Yes. Right. Consistency has become this gold standard. And I just find that most people are doing things consistently wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that Mm -hmm. doesn't work for your family. Mm -hmm. You have an ADHD boy, you have a baby, you have a spouse that doesn't come home. Why are you using this routine? Yeah. It's never worked or, or you've grown out of it or the brains have changed. Mm-hmm. Now you're consistently miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time to look at that. Right. I wa- I want to make sure that we talk about
1: this because it's like the number one thing on parents' list especially since the pandemic is the amount of time on screens and I love have I said I love your book yet I think I've said it a few times I love that yeah parenting outside the lines and I I think I really resonate with that because I have kind of lived my life outside the lines according to my family I'm like the black sheep and oh my gosh she's having a home birth what the heck um, things like that. But I love that you have several chapters about screens, but the first chapter is about parents and screens, not about kids and screens. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. talk about parents and screens. And why that chapter was first. Why, like why That was clearly a deliberate decision on your part. Yeah,
2: because I did not write this book during a pandemic, right? I wrote this book right. 700 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> at least (laughs) at
1: least uh
2: i didn't even have kids no i'm kidding (laughs) i i really wrote it because i am addicted to technology i am addicted to my phone i am addicted to words with friends this game called wooden blocks it's like tetris i am addicted to twitter now which is a garbage fire Instagram, Facebook, uh, my email, my fake self-importance associated with that, Um, texts, just put it on a screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not though different from anyone else. So I had to write that chapter for myself and to myself because we cannot ask more immature people to take accountability for things that we do not can you see no. us nodding our heads dear listener
1: right <laughs> we are Jeff both I are getting that cake over here we're <laughs> nodding so
0: vigorously and you know we're talking specifically about tech right now but i feel like we've had this conversation about so many things about mm. consent about respect about whatever temper
2: tantrums big emotions right. we cannot violence. expect
0: our right. children to have this down when we, the adults, clearly do not have it figured out and examples are rampant and everywhere. So, right. yes, we got to tackle ourselves first.
2: And this is not, and then, you know, most parents will, well, we're not the same. And da, da, da. But no, parents and children are not the same. This is my work device. My phone is my work. Yeah. We yeah. don't have the same rules. Children and adults don't share the same rules.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... I, if we really connect into ourselves, we know when we're BSing ourselves. We know, especially when we're doing the fake listening. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And I really wanted to write a chapter about where are your eyes? Yes, I loved that. If your eyes are on your screen, don't pretend you're listening to anyone else, Yeah. period. So if you have to check an email, I say to my kid, Pardon me. I don't mean to be rude.
0: I'm waiting for an email. I'm going to check this really quick. And again, you're role modeling what to do in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Right. If I
2: don't want to listen to my kid's 20 minute story. Right. And I can feel myself picking up my phone. I have a decision to make. Yeah. I can say to my child, I'm loving the story, but I'm losing my focus. We're going to have to put a pin in it or I have to pull up my big girl panties. And just listen and maybe make an internal grocery list. I don't know, but (laughs) I have to. (laughs) I mean, I make so many lists listening to my kids. Right? Jen talks about, you know,
1: (laughs) Fortnite, Minecraft, lawnmowers. I have to hear one more thing about lawnmowers. Are you kidding?
0: All the time, all the time. Now, I will say, and this might be more of a boy specific thing than a girl specific thing, there are times where I strategically use my phone and make it a point to look at my phone and not my children, because some boys are more comfortable talking when they don't have eye contact with you. So there are times now, and Janet's heard me say this before, like, I can't be reading, you know, a a Megan Leahy Washington Post parenting column then because that engages my brain. (laughs) I have to be playing like a stupid mindless game. That's right.
2: And so to your point, right? So for some kids, eye contact, because eye contact is the most vulnerable thing we can do mm-hmm. with another human. And for some kids, that's too intense. It's coming in hot. And so if we look at eye contact, if you trust your own gut and you know your own kids and you say, okay, so we're not going to sit knee to knee and be like, so let's Tell go in our day. Inner lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you I'm going to try that
0: after school, and I will report back, ladies. <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll hear the screams from here. Probably. The point is, if you start to play wooden blocks, and they go into, well, first I was on this, and then this kid said this, and I said this, and then the teacher blah, 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 and I felt, and you're going, hmm But you are listening. Yes. You are reflecting back what they're saying. You are um, mirroring a conversation. People know when you're connected and when you're not mm-hmm. in terms of
0: plugged in. Kids you know? are dead on at sensing that.
2: And so some boys, they will love that. You will sit almost even butt to butt on a couch while you both play something and talk. Mm-hmm. Some boys, they will. I mean, I love kids because they'll go, look at me. Yeah. Kids <laughs> will tell us what they need. Yeah. Look at me. They'll say it. So I want parents to just own their own stuff with their tech. And you have multiple kids in your house. If you do, then you have multiple different ways of being with each kid. Yeah. And that's hard too. Yeah. Um, But you're up for it. Most parents are already doing it. They just don't even know.
1: Right it's the constancy of you think you have it figured out with one child and it doesn't work with the next child and then it might work with the third child and then you're back at square one because
2: oh they've had a growth spurt or they're you know they got more mature so then what i've said to my kids sometimes because you know we'll get into a back and forth and i'm like listen you've never been 13 and i've never parented you at 13. yes So like, let's give each other a little bit of grace here. Let's be easy on each other. And then they usually just look at me like, aren't you a parent coach? (laughs) Like, Not for you little jerks. (laughs) Not for you, for everybody else.
1: (laughs) Oh, Megan, we could just (laughs) talk for hours and hours. I tell you, this has been just a fabulous conversation. And... I know that our listeners are probably wondering where they can find more of you.
2: So mlparentcoach.com has my coaching, my columns. I have online classes. You can get the book there. Everything is there that you need. I'll put the
0: link in there and I'm sure from your website, they can find you on all the socials and follow you Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm really appreciative. I have, um, I have a lot of hope for boys. Thank I have. You. I think that yeah. Again, it, the world is full of bad news because that's that's what gets headlines. That's what's clicky. But I have seen in my lifetime changes that I never thought I would see. And I see like really great things for boys, and and how parents are trying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. 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 So I appreciate this podcast because parents of boys need, need positive voices and realistic voices too.
0: Thank you so much. And I just want to circle back to the beginning for a minute, Janet, because in your intro, you were talking about how we as parents thought if we do everything right, we are going to end up with successful, self-motivated, resilient, down to earth children. Right. And, I mean, I think we've made the point that that's not realistic. You know what the good news is? I did not do everything right. I, my kids, I can bring them down here. They will tell you everything I did wrong. Guess what? I have successful, self-motivated, resilient children right now. I have a 22-year-old living independently. My 20-year-old is stuck here due to college reasons. But they are resilient, amazing people in spite of. The mistakes i made because mm-hmm. we stayed connected more or less through the whole thing that's right yeah. that's right we move from um
2: this this idea of holding the babies we're so enmeshed and then we start to become the net that the kids fall into when they need us and if we can let ourselves move in that development Right, The net, though, is still as strong as the embrace. Mm -hmm. You know, that strength and that connection. It's just that the relationship can tolerate the distance, both emotional and physical. But that net of love never stops. Never. No. And in fact, we're like, could you fall into this net a little more sometimes? (laughs) Get out of the net. (laughs) Get in. Get out. Get in. Get out. Yeah. But I think that's great. I think that's, yeah, it's, it's it's day by day.
0: (laughs) And you know, I love that too. Like we, each of us, we talk to others about parenting and yet I love, okay, this will sound incredibly arrogant probably, but what I love about us is that like we're each being honest about our own struggles too. You don't have every moment figured out with your girls Janet, your girls are all grown up, but you still don't always know the right thing to do. I don't know the right thing to do. And I think the more of us who are honest about that, the easier we make it for everybody else in the world. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to love your kids and try.
2: And releasing yourself from knowing can help you enjoy parenting yes yeah right because uh, modern parenting and because of people like me it's this thing that we're getting through it's this thing we are tolerating mm-hmm. um dragging along waiting till they're 18. um but when i forgive myself and more importantly forgive my family members <laughs> i'm like hey next moment yeah. it's okay Look at how human we're all being
1: yeah and this is it like we you know these are the moments these are the moments i mean my kids are grown and gone and it's it's so cliche but i'll tell you what it goes really fast and so to relax
2: and enjoy it and be okay with the mess totally that i needed to hear that today so thank you because yeah. look at my house
0: yeah <laughs> Megan, I may well enjoy a Sunday tonight. Thanks to your encouragement. Yay. And listen, that pizza while watching Star Wars, that is a win for almost every boy family all the time. So parents, feel free to steal these very easy ideas.
2: More fun. More yeah. fun.
1: More fun. Thank you, Megan. This has been more fun.
0: Thanks Yay. for being with
2: us. Yay. Thanks, guys. I'm so appreciative.
0: If you liked this episode, if you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing On Boys podcast with your friends. They can find us wherever they listen to their favorite podcast, whether they use an Apple, an Android, they listen in their car, they listen from their computer. Please tell your friends about On Boys, and together we will make the world a better place for boys.